Lord Jesus, we just thank you that, that you desire to speak to us, God, that, that you have something to say to us, something to encourage us, to challenge us, to transform us. And Father, we just pray that you would open up our hearts to hear, um, not from Selwyn, but to hear from you, that you'd help us to apply what you say to us. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us. And Jesus, we pray that your name would be glorified and your kingdom built this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Not too long ago, I, I turned 41. What does that mean? <laughs> and while some of you have been fantastic about it, some of you have been less than encouraging. And I want to encourage you, those who have been really nice about it to keep it up. Some of you say, man, 41, that's a young pup. Well, I appreciate that. And again, some of you are, are not saying so many kind things to me about it. But anyway, what I've realized is this, that as you get older, right, change happens right? A few amens. All right. All right. There are some people who are under this misconception that age, oh, it's all in your mind. Well, I want to tell you something. I have a little bit of a bold spot right here, and it's not in my mind. It's real. It's there. I wish it was in my mind, uh, and it's not. And some of you are going, oh, please get over it. I have no hair. Well, anyway, change happens, right? I remember, and this sounds silly, but this is, this is true, or I'm not making this up. Um, that's bad when a pastor has to say that. I'm not making this up. But when I turned 38, Lori turned 38 before me. I won't say how many years before me, but she turned 38 before me. And she said, you know, someone, you know, when I turned like 38, I just, ah, just, I just started hurting. And I kind of thought, ah, it's in your mind, right? And, and I don't know if she just like did something to me mentally. But when I turned 38, like no joke, I'm lying in bed. And it was like everything just started hurting, right? <laughs> now, maybe this is just unique to me. I, 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 don't, I can't even explain, I won't even say what all hurt, but I, like, I was hurting in places I didn't even know could hurt. And I was thinking, man, what is going on here? Please don't let this be like what the future is going to be like. So sad as it was, change happens. And whether it's at 38 or whatever, we are different people. I am a different person today than I was 20 years ago. I'm a different person today than I was five years ago. Um, you are destined for change. Each one of us, uh, it's not in your mind. It's real. As you get older, things are going to change. No amount of plastic surgery can stop that. Um, if you've seen some people who have multiple plastic surgery operations, it's uh, scary. You're like, stop already. It's not helping. I mean, it's, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It's bad. There's not any kind of cream that can really, like, fix this problem. That might help temporarily. But uh, you, can't, you can't plastic surgery it away. You can't put enough cream on. And you can't exercise it all away. Change is in your future. It's going to happen to all of us. Uh, it doesn't just happen, like, to us individually. I mean, it happens in our families, Right? It happens in our families. I mean, if you go back to kids, it seems like yesterday that my, my kids were born, and now Courtney's 19, and Michael is about to be 17, and we get to witness change, and a lot of change we look forward to, right? Well, I can't wait till my child sleeps through the night. How many of you remember that one? And then they start sleeping through the night, and it's a wonderful thing. And then we go, man, I can't wait till my child starts crawling. And then they start crawling, and it's not so wonderful. I can't wait till my child starts talking. I don't really need to finish this, do I? Then they start talking. 
And they'd never stop. I can't wait till my child is a little bit more independent. And then they become independent. And these are great things, right? We, we need our children to talk. We need them to walk. We need them to be independent. But each phase has its challenges. But the point behind this is not so much the challenges, but the change that we have a front row seat to. We change in ourselves. I know what's interesting is we never feel like we're any older in our minds, right? How many of you are still like 26? You're just convincing yourself. There's a lot of 26-year-olds in here, right? Some of you are like, I'm not even that old. But... But like you feel, like you still feel a certain way in your mind, but change is happening. It's happening to us. It's happening in our families, and, and, and we are destined for it. Um, yeah, it happens in our bodies. It happens in our lives. It happens in our lifestyles, right? Uh, you're not just changing. Your family's not changing, but the world is changing at a rapid pace. I mean, the culture that we live in today is not really the culture like, that it was 10 years ago, right? The thought process is not the same. The technology is not the same. The world that we live in is changing so rapidly. I mean, think just in the span of 10 years what happened. You remember like the first time we had those phones, not even cell phones, but the AT&T phones with the long antenna that you walk around with? And that was like the most advanced thing. Right? Some of you remember the rotary phones, you know? You can't dial those fast enough. But it's just crazy how quickly things are changing. This year, this country is going to experience another change. We have a presidential election. We're going to have a political change. We're going to go through legal changes and social changes and cultural changes and ideological changes and morale changes, technological changes, environmental changes. And so we are just surrounded by change, and it's coming rapidly at us. I want to ask you, how many of you can find yourself maybe a little overwhelmed by the amount of change, right? I think if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we can feel a little bit of anxiousness going, Man, like this is happening so fast. It's, it's, it's crazy. And change can do that to us, right? Not just change around us, but change to us. We can be overwhelmed by change that happens to us by age, right? We can be overwhelmed by change that happens within our children. And so what happens is we can become unsettled in change. Many of us, if we could, um, if we could have it this way, wouldn't change. The old is better, Right? We eat the same things over and over again. We know what we like. We don't want to change. But change is unsettling. Most of us don't like change. Change can cause anxiety. It can cause stress. Yet in this craziness of change, in this, in this sea of change, right, the waves of change, the storminess of change that happens to us and happens in our families, that happens in the world around us, one thing does not change. And that is God. God never changes. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says this, For I, the Lord, do not change. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, 
and forever. And so I just want you just to imagine this for a second. We live in this whirlwind of change around us. We are changing by the day. We are changing by the minute. Our kids are changing. The world is changing. It is just speeding along. It's overwhelming. But within all this crazy atmosphere of constant and continual change, there is one thing that stands firm, that never moves. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that is who God is. It's who he is. It's his word. It's his promises. It's his love. He never changes. And thank God. Thank God for that. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be doing a series, and we're going to talk about an unchanging God in a changing world. Today we're talking about that change that happens to us. Next week we'll talk about the change that happens within us. And then we'll talk about the change that happens around us. And finally the change that happens through us. But God has made change part of our lives. Yes, this God who never changes, this God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever has created a world and designed an order of things that is completely evolves around change. This God who does not change created a world full of change that we're to live in. He created you that you would be constantly changing. It's part of his design. It's part of his law. It's part of his order. And it's kind of crazy to think about, isn't it? Why would an unchanging God create an atmosphere and a world and lives in us where we are changing all the time? Yet we see, and you don't have to turn here, I'm just going to reference Genesis chapter 1. It says in Genesis chapter 1, God God created light and it was separated from darkness. All right? So from the very beginning of time when God spoke and created this, this world, he said, let there be light. And he separated light from darkness. And from that point forward, there was day and there was night every single day. That means that there was change every single day. We go from darkness into light, from night into day. And that change directs us, doesn't it? It influences us, right? Most of us sleep at night. And then we're up during the day. And if you're working during the day, then you sleep at night. But either way, you have this change. And so he didn't just create light and darkness day and night. And it says a little bit later that God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years. What are seasons? What are years? These are, these are, we're talking about moments of time, right? Periods of time and seasons represent change. We understand that, right? Seasons, you're talking about summer, you're talking about about fall and winter and spring. And so God has designed change all the way around us. In fact, the world that we live in is constantly changing by his design. It's not just us. Nature is changing around us. Darkness to light. Summer to fall. If you live in New England, it's summer to winter. And most normal people experience change. Summer to fall, fall to winter, winter to spring. And we understand that with these changes in seasons, things change. How many of you know that vegetation is not the same in the summertime as it is in the wintertime? Right? 
things stop growing in the wintertime. We are cutting our grass all the time in the summertime. Flowers that we see today are gone tomorrow. Um, spring is different than fall, and, 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 and all of these seasons bring change. And then if you live in New England, the snow comes, and, and it all changes. But anyway, this, the colors of summer give way to the browns of winter or the white of winter. Even the rivers, you never step into the same river twice because the water you step in today is not the same water you step in tomorrow. It is constantly moving. And so everything around us is changing, interestingly enough. God didn't just create the world of change for us to live in. He actually didn't keep us from the law of change. We, too, are going to change. We've already looked at our own lives, our ages. We look at our kids. Uh, If we continue to look at ourselves, health can give way to sickness, and pleasure can give way to pain, and plenty to poverty, and strength to weakness, and life to death. And one thing is certain that we all have an appointment with, with, with death unless Jesus should tarry. And life for us is going to change. Change is part of our lives. But in all of this, God has a purpose. You know, God is so intentional in the way he communicates. He says the heavens and earth declare his glory. It's not just his words. It means that when you look at the heavens and earth and the mountains and all of the surroundings, it declares his glory. It means that there's a message about who God is in creation and in what he's done. And I believe there's a message about who God is in change. See, here's the thing. God does not want you and I to remain the same. He has called us to change. He doesn't want us to be satisfied with where we are, but he wants us to continually change and be transformed and be renewed and be more like him and keep going. And so it's like there's these messages, whether you want to call them subliminal, in your face all the time about change. You know, summer changes to fall and fall to winter and winter to spring and then the rivers are changing and day is coming and night is coming and, and there's this change and our kids are growing up. I mean, it is like change, change. If it was a big billboard, it would be blinking, change, 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 change. It's like God is saying, no, it's all about change. You are called and I am called to change. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verses 1 through 3 says this, there's a time for everything. And a season for every activity under the heavens. There's a time to be born and there's a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. And God says there are times and seasons in our lives. And these times and seasons are designed to accomplish things within us. The change around us is designed to accomplish something within us. The changes to us should accomplish something within us. But let's just pause and let's just look at the purposes behind the seasons, the natural seasons that we experience just in living. We look at spring. And a lot of people like, how many people like spring? 
Right? After a long, cold winter, there is something about seeing like buds and a little bit of color and, and, and flowers creeping through the snow and just that freshness and things begin to come alive. And, and, and spring is that time where farmers are beginning to turn the soil and they begin to plant seeds and they are planting things not that are fully grown but that they hope and have a vision and hope will grow into something that will produce something at harvest time two seasons later, but they are planting in the spring. There's a newness. Animals are giving birth. So many animals are giving birth in the springtime. And and so there's this freshness. There's this newness of spring. Animals and vegetation and things that begin to sprout. And then there's summer, and and summer has the atmosphere. I mean, it it basically is warm, and and, and it's it's just a great time, a climate that promotes growth. and, and, And so we see the things that were planted in fall begin to sprout up, and they're not what they will eventually be, but we begin to see them growing day by day by day. I remember when we were on the islands and we planted okra, we were in some incredible soil. We literally, the okra would grow for, for be like this big one day, and the next day, it's almost like you would watch them grow. It was crazy how fast, and it's exciting to kind of see these things growing, and summer is that way uh, as well for, for, for us. Grass is growing, and uh, and, and, and things are just, sometimes it's almost like it's a good time. Maybe you feel like you're, you're coasting a little bit, but you're enjoying the warmth. I remember uh, we have a landscaper that lives next to us, and he came over to me, and he said, someone, you, the, the, your grass is being watered too much. And I go, well, it's green. I guess that's, you know, that's my goal is to be green and not brown. And he said, he said, no, you water it too much. You need to water it less. And I thought, okay, well, what's the point behind that? And he said, no. He said, listen, when you water your grass in the summertime like this, the roots don't have to grow deep to get water. So they don't. They grow shallow. And while it's great, but the minute the water begins to disappear or whatever, their roots are so shallow, your grass will die very, very, very quickly. And so what you need to do is water it less often and make this grass more hungry for water, and it will shoot its roots deeper into the ground, trying to get a hold of what it needs to survive. And because of that, that's what you want to happen, because as it grows, shoots its roots deeper in the ground, when the rain doesn't come or the water doesn't come, your grass will live longer. Sometimes we want all the water all the time. We don't want to dig deep. We want it to be shallow, right? And so you could preach that. It's a whole new sermon. But, but, but that's like summertime. I mean, we want the green. We want, we want all this, this warmth and nice. And we love summer. And then fall comes. And, and most of these seasons that I'm talking about, we enjoy, right? Fall comes. In, and I love fall. I love the smells of fall. I love the colors of fall. Uh, it, it's basically harvest time. And, 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 and you're reaping. And, and, and corn is being taken. And, 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 and then how many of you guys love going? I know we have apple pickers in here because we, we get invitations to go apple picking. You love apple picking. You're not going in the summertime, right? Ashley, when are you going? You're going in the fall. That was an easy answer. All right, good. It was, you go in the fall, right? And there's a time to pick. It, it's, where, it's where basically things are ripe for the harvest. You don't want to wait too long. And so fall is this time of harvesting and gathering. It's all the hard work of, of spring and summer. And now you're, you're seeing it basically come. And then all of a sudden winter comes. And it's just like, man, can we skip winter? Unless you like to ski. Can we just kind of skip winter and go back to spring? Because all the colors of, of summer and spring and fall, it just goes, and the, and the colors turn to this brownness, and it feels like everything is dormant, and everything is dead, and, and you really can't tell if trees are alive or dead, because they all look the same, and, and it's cold, and if you're in New England, the snow comes, and the ground freezes, and everything's rock hard, and you can't imagine anything growing in this environment. 
But you know that the winter is really important. You know that when you prune apple trees, it's supposed to be done in the wintertime. It's supposed to be done in, when they're dormant. You don't want to prune them when they're budding. And so it's in the, the deadness, it seems like nothing's happening, that the pruning actually should take place. And the pruning, as you know, is incredibly important because it, when you prune, you are prepping that tree and you're cutting uh, off the excess things that grew during the summer that don't need to be, then you're pruning this tree and you're prepping it for its next season where it will be more fruitful than it was the season before. And so what seems dead in the wintertime is actually a huge uh, part and an important season for growth for what's about to come. It's also told that grass grows in the wintertime. The roots grow down deeper in the wintertime. You may not see it on the surface, but it's in the wintertime that the, that the roots are growing and they're digging and they're deep because we don't have as much. It's a, it's a harder environment. It's a harsher environment. And they're digging deeper in the wintertime for what they need for sustenance than they are in the summertime. And just as nature has its seasons, we have our seasons. Right? I mean, we can relate to this, Right? Uh, we, most of us want, you know, harvest time 24-7. We hear this in church all the time. We want revival, and we want it 24-7. We want this nonstop, this feeling of God's presence and, 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 and joy and everything going well. And if God is with me, then, then there's going to be this favor, and life's always going to be great, and it's always God's favor on my life all the time. There are seasons of that, but by God's design, your life will not be that way all the time. If you need further proof of that, just open your Bibles. It's all in there. There's not one person that went through a season of just bliss the entire time. It's just not there. And so there are, there are seasons, and although all of us want to be in summer or want to be in our favorite season, there are seasons in our lives that are important, each one. Many of us will, will, will go through it, and you can experience and and tell me about the springs that you've had in your life. There's a, of, of new beginnings where maybe you, you have a new child or a new marriage or something is birthing in your life. Life is exciting. Maybe it's a new business. Maybe it's a new job opportunity, a career, whatever it may be. It's a ministry, but you are, you are sowing and you are working hard and you are getting ready. And, you, and, and as you're planting and working, you have these visions and hopes of what it will be when it grows, maybe in the summertime or what harvest time. And so we have these times that are exciting and they're full of hard work, but these are the springs in our life. And then some of us are in the summer times of our lives. Um, I don't even mean of our lives, but just a summertime season because you can have multiple seasons throughout your life. But, but summer, sometimes it's the warmth of life where maybe things are going well, everybody's healthy, uh, things are growing. You almost maybe feel like you're a little bit on cruise control. You know what I'm talking about? You feel like you're in a good place with God, and, and it's a great time um, for you. And then, and then there's fall where, 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 man, it seems like, man, now I'm seeing fruit of my labor. And, and, and maybe it's that personal revival. Maybe it's that corporate revival. People are being saved or, or your business is taking off. Your kids are doing well. And you feel like you're, you're harvesting and doing well. And, and we like to camp out there. And sometimes we get this idea that we're going to live there forever. But then there are winters. And for many of us, winters are the ones that we don't like. Most of us like spring or summer or fall, and each one of them brings a different amount of work and tiredness, and so we need seasons. You couldn't be doing spring all the time. It would wear you out. You couldn't be in summer all the time, and you couldn't be harvesting all the time. They each have different amounts of work and things that you're going through, but most of us don't like our winters. 
And winners for us sometimes are, 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 are well, winners for us are tough times. It's kind of like when, when maybe it feels like nothing is working. You ever have these times where it seems like when the colors of life that were once so vibrant seem to be so dead, you can't see, tell what's, what's living and what's dead. Maybe there are times where you feel like, man, I'm in a rut and I just can't seem to get out of this no matter how hard I try. And, and you can't even imagine yourself getting out of it. And, and for some of us, winter comes and maybe it's the loss of a loved one right? You experience someone passing away, and it's incredibly tough, and it's challenging. It's a time of sickness. Uh, and, and, and so winter for us is, is incredibly hard. But I want you to know that, that it's these winter times in our lives that are crucial for us. It's in winter times that, that really, though we don't like them, where God does the most work in us. You may not see it. You may not feel it. It may not be emotional, it's a time where you feel like, man, no matter how hard I try to get close to God, I can't seem to get there. You had that before? Yeah? And so you either give up or what? You dig deeper, right? I want to challenge you not to give up, but to let winter do its work and to dig deeper. Because if you will dig deeper in the winter times, it means just like that grass you are gonna, you, you're going to grow, you're going to know him more, and it's going to help you in the long run. Pruning, sometimes we go, sometimes there are things in our lives that grow that don't need to be there. Whatever it may be, it can be different for everyone. Maybe it's a sense of pride. Maybe it's a sense of accomplishment. Maybe, whatever it may be, maybe, whatever it may be. And, and God will say, you know what, this doesn't belong. And, I'm gonna, and everything feels that I'm going to begin to cut this branch off of you, and it's painful. But God cuts these branches and he prunes our lives in winter where things seem dormant and dead. And the only reason why he's pruning you because spring is around the corner and there's a harvest coming. And because he wants you to change, he doesn't want you to bear the same amount of fruit you bore last year. His plan for you is to bear more fruit next year than you've ever born before. And if, and if that's going to happen, he's, he cares about you because he wants you to change. He's going to prune you and prep you and get you ready for what's to come. But so many times we can't help but focus on the winter and get consumed by the winter. Sometimes we get lost in the winter. See, I, I believe that, 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 that the changes we experience are all designed by God. Every change from, from the seasons of our lives to, 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 to the age that we go to watching our children, the challenges of change are, are designed for one purpose, and that's to lead us back to him. Why? Because again, I want to recap what I just said. With change comes what? A lot of times for us comes uncertainty. It comes anxiety. It comes fear. Um, it comes confusion. And I don't know about you, but if I've ever had a dizzy spell, has anyone ever been dizzy? And what do you grab hold of? When you're dizzy and you want to reach out, do you reach out for something that's on wheels? No. Right? Or do you reach out to something that's solid and unchanging and it's not moving? If I'm falling, I'm not grabbing hold of this. I'm looking for that pillar. I'm not grabbing hold of this music stand. When, when, when I get dizzy, when I get overwhelmed, when, I get, uh, when, when things are spinning for me, I want something that is solid and unchanging. And in our spinning lives, there's only one thing that is unchanging. That is who God is. And so in this sea of craziness around us, whether it's your age or your health or a season or whatever it may be, when we're spinning, we automatically start looking for something that is solid. And I believe the change in our lives is designed for us to find him in the midst of it. 
I think of Peter, and I'm taking this out of context, but I believe it applies. You know when Peter got out of the boat, and he's in this stormy weather, of course, it's the Sea of Galilee, and, and what Jesus says is, man, these, these storms come down quickly. Change happens very quickly. It can be perfectly still, and all of a sudden, the storm, and that's like our lives. Well, where it's stormy, and Peter gets out of the boat, and, and he's looking at Jesus, and there are waves, and sometimes that's the craziness of change in our lives, these waves that are coming. And, and as long as Peter is looking at Jesus, but all of a sudden, he starts looking at the changing water and the waves, and as soon as he starts looking at the waves, it's like he wraps his arms around the waves and takes his eyes off of Jesus, and because he wraps his arms around the waves, he begins to sink in the waves. And Jesus says to man, no, take your eyes off that which is temporary. Take your eyes off that which isn't really real. And look to me, I am unchanging. And on top of the waves is Jesus standing firm and solid. He's not being buffeted or, or moved or pushed around by the waves. He is solid in our lives. And so it's like, man, take your eyes off, off, off the temporary and look on what is solid and permanent. And Jesus is the only one and the only thing that reigns solid. From everlasting to everlasting, he is unchanging. If in our seasons of change, if in our confusion, if in our anxiety, we will grab a hold of him, we will have a peace that passes understanding, right? If we will grab hold of him and we can say, man, it doesn't matter what the storms are. It doesn't matter how big the waves are. I know who my God is. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I know that his promises for me are good. I know that he loves me and he cares for me. So no matter what the the, the season may be, no matter what the waves may be, no matter how confusing and how changing everything may be, I know who God is. And when I grab hold of him, I grab hold of eternity with him. And I will be with him, and he will bring me through this time that I'm in right now, and I will live with him for eternity. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 11 through 12 says this, They will perish, meaning the things around will perish. They will perish, but you, God, remain. They will all wear out like a garment, but you roll them up like a robe. Like a garment, they will be changed, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. Everything in your life, it's temporary. And, and, and way too many times we focus on the temporary as if it's eternal. We need to understand, and this is kind of encouraging, right? When, when the Bible says, hey, you're like a flower. You're here today, you're gone tomorrow. Yeah, I'm talking about you. Oh, that's encouraging. You're, you're, you're kind of like the mist. You show up in the morning, you're there. By midday, you're gone. And God says, that's your life. Right? And you guys like that. It's your favorite passage. I'm like a flower here in the morning, gone by noon. Right? But God's saying, listen, this is, you You need to understand, everything, this life, this world is temporary. Your, your seasons are temporary. They're going to change. All right? Your, your life is temporary. Your jobs, let me tell you, are temporary. Your health is temporary. Your youth is temporary. Your influence is temporary. Everything around us is changing, and it's all temporary. And God says, basically, man, don't, don't focus on the temporary. And we said in Hebrews, you just read it earlier, man, everything is changing. Everything is temporary, but you, God, are the same from everlasting to everlasting. Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 18, says this, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, 
but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I want you to think about that, and we'll take it out of context too, but he says, man, don't fix your eyes on the things that are temporary. Don't fix your eyes on yourself, on your life, as if it's eternal, and on your youth, and all of these things, or on your seasons, as if you are defined by them. No, amongst all of the sea of change, although it's real and the waters are high, fix your eyes on the only one one who is unchanging, and that's your path through. And so through all of the seasons and all of the change, if you will fix your eyes on the wrong thing, you're going to be overcome by those things. If you fix your eyes on the temporary, you will, become, you will, you will be overcome by the temporary. But in the midst of those things, See, in the midst of my success in my business, in the midst of of my success in my adventures, in the midst of of how young I feel, if what I am holding onto is not those things, but him who is eternal, when those things gone, guess what? I stand firm. Because I was never holding onto them. But when we grab hold of them, when they go, it seems like we go with them. You follow that? And so Paul says, man, don't fix your eyes on these things that are temporary. Sometimes we fix our eyes on our seasons as if we were owned by our seasons rather than understanding that God is using these seasons. As if we were defined by our seasons rather than saying, no, God is using this as a tool in our lives. And I believe sometimes when we fix our eyes on our seasons, we remain in them a whole lot longer than we were meant to. You follow what I'm saying? We have to let the seasons do their work. Sometimes we get caught up into the why am I going through this? And we'll never be able to answer that. I know there are tough things I don't have the answers for. And sometimes we spend too much time trying to wrestle through the whys. And why would God? And all we need to know is, man, all I know is God is good. And God has great plans for you. He has great plans for me. And despite these challenges, I'm not going to wrap my eyes around them. I'm not going to look at the waves because I will sink with them. No, despite them, I'm going to say, listen, this may be real, and this may be painful, but I know who my God is. And I know he's unchanging. And I know that I can have peace knowing that, that despite how bad things may, 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 may feel, the God who spoke and created this earth, the God who formed me, and the God who died for me is the God who loves me and has plans for me. If I hold on to him, man, I will be victorious because of who he is. And so I hold on to him who is eternal and take my eyes off those things that are temporary, and I will move forward with my life. And I believe that when we do that, right, yes, we have these times in our lives, winter. Winter is important. Those times where I feel like, man, I can't seem to get a hold of God. If I won't quit, if I won't give up, if I won't wrap my arms around my circumstances, but I'll look to him and I will, I will dig deeper and I will seek him with all of my heart, I will find him. And when I find him, I will have grown. I've said this a lot over the last few weeks of Christmas, but our testimonies don't come from our falls, from our fall, our harvest times. They don't come from our summers and they don't come from our springs so much. Our testimonies really come from our winters, don't they? Right? I mean, we give testimonies. We're saying, man, let me tell you about how bad it was. And let me tell you, but in the midst of the toughness, let me tell you how I found God. I didn't even know he was there in the midst of this challenge. But man, as I hung on in my tears and in my weeping and in my loneliness and in my anguish, because it's all true and all real, man, I found God in a way like I never have before. 
have a real dear friend of mine going through this, and, and, and he's come through, I've walked with him, and it's been tough walking with him through this. I've been hours and hours on the phone, and, 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 and just recently something happened, and he, and he says, man, in all of this, he said, through all of the snot and the tears and the crying out to God and the hours and, and the praying, he said, I can't believe God loves me this much. I tell you, a month ago, he was going, man, God, where are you? Have you forgotten me? And now it's changed. Like God loves me this much. And what God did in the wintertime, man, has strengthened him. And what God will do with you in the winter times and the seasons of your life will strengthen you. Even the problems, if you're real with yourselves, as you look at your problems, you go, man, I have found God. And I know something about God that I never knew before. Because he is faithful. God wants us to change See, what happens so many times in life, and we see this happening in the world, is that the things people fix their eyes on are not God. What they fix their eyes on, if they don't know Christ, and some, unfortunately, even if they do know Christ, they fix their eyes on the things that are temporary. And and so this fear and this anxiety creeps into their lives when, when, when what they have fixed their eyes on and wrapped their arms around, and for so many people, it's their youth, Right? I mean, it's a big thing. It's why midlife crises are like this big thing. This is why if you flip on the TV so much, it's like, man, we finally have a cream that will make you young again, you know? And we finally have enough plastic. Here's this plastic surgeon. And you want to get rid of those love handles? Come here. It's all about a better body. It's all about this. And so, but, but look, it, we're inundated with this stuff, Right? It's all about looking. Do you know why? Because people have found their identity in these things. It's like, man, for so long my looks have been what's gotten me through or, or my youthfulness is what's gotten me through. And, and so we wrap our arms around these things. And as we have our arms wrapped around them, our focus is on these things which are temporary. They begin to dissolve in the midst of our grips and we don't have them anymore. And so we try and hold on to them. But we can't, can. As they dissolve, so do we dissolve. And so people go, man, if I can just get that back. I tell you, I don't want to live forever. Sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> and it's changed so much in 20 years, man. There's a time, like 85, just take me home. Not that that's, no, I'm not saying that's for everyone. If you're 85, I'm not saying that's for me. You know, I can't imagine being 120 going, oh, man, like I don't even understand this stuff that's going on. So like just, there's a season and God knows what he's doing, Right? Am I the only one who feels that way? All right. I want to live forever with him, not down here. So, but there are people that fix their eyes on this. And then there are people who fix their eyes on their careers. And they fix their eyes on, on their influence. And they fix their eyes. And these may not be bad things in and of themselves. But when, when we find our identity in these things and we grab hold of them, guess what? They're temporary. They're going to be gone tomorrow. And when your job is gone and your influence is gone, and maybe when you're retired, where's your identity? And people lose themselves. And, they, and they're full of anxiety. And they're full of fear. And they're full of stress. You know, anxiety is up so much. And stress is up. I've been through anxiety, and I've been through fear. And you know what God told me in the midst of it? In the midst of my fear, and, and, I, and, he, and he put me through a season, almost a couple of years, where I was just afraid of things that I didn't even understand. In the midst of it, and I've told you guys this before, he said, Selwyn, you're praying that I'll take away the things that cause the fear, but the fear is not, those things aren't the problem. What's the problem is your fear, because your fear is sin because it's lack of trust. So I'm putting into your life things that are going to highlight lack of trust and sin. And I want to address those things. And you're saying, God, can you get rid of these things so I can bury this lack of trust that I have? Because no, the real thing is I want to deal with your trust. Because in the midst of these things, if you trust me, you'll have peace in the midst of them. 
Don't pray that I'll take away your winter. Pray that you'll find me in the midst of it. And pray that you'll, you, 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 you will have, you'll have peace in the midst of it. Man, if we will let winter do its job, if we will say, God, I don't understand, but no matter what, I am not looking to the pruning. I'm not looking to the, to the brownness. I know no matter what rut I may be in, no matter what. And I know it's real, guys. I, I know it's hard. I'm not lightening anyone's winter. I know it's real pain, and it's real heartache, and it's real. But I'm saying in the midst of that, if we say, God, I'm going to look to you and know that you are the one who defines me. And I believe God will bring us through that, and he will strengthen us. And we will know more about him and we'll know more about us because God desires change. Change in me and change in you. Would you stand to your feet this morning as we, as we close? I want to ask our prayer team to, to come forward and make themselves available. But as you stand, would you just bow your head and close your eyes and just Kind of close yourself away with God. And I want to ask you a couple questions this morning. What is it that you're anxious about? Is there something in your life that's making you fearful right now? Is there something in your life that you are trying desperately to hold on to? Maybe it's something that kind of gives you your identity. And maybe it feels like it's disappearing. I want to ask you, what have you fixed your eyes on? Are your eyes in the midst of your, your season, are they fixed on God or are they fixed on that season itself? Are, are, are you fixed on the waves? Are you fixed on the problem? Or are you fixed on the one who resolves those problems? So many times in our lives, when we fix our eyes on the things that are temporary, they are chains that wrap around us and hold us back. And because God loves you, he's going to give you opportunity again and again and again to pass this test. Because it's like a test. And when we'll pass this, and I really believe this, man, God will bring you through this. What are you fixing your eyes on? Are you looking at him or are you looking at your problems? God hasn't built you for your problems. You're not to be defined by them. He's supposed to be defined within them. And if you will grab hold of him, let me tell you, the fruit that is coming for you is far beyond anything you've ever produced before. The thing about seasons is this, they are temporary. If you are in winter right now, I want to tell you spring is around the corner. Spring is around the corner. And summer is going to come after that. And there's going to be a time of harvest. And if you're in harvest right now, I want you to tell you winter's coming. And we don't have to be afraid of it. Because God wants winter to come so he can build you for the next round. For what's more. He has more for you. You're not defined by your circumstances. You are defined by him. But we need to fix our eyes on him. We need to find our peace in him. Our security in him. He will take us through. I want to challenge you to do that. Maybe you're in this place this morning and, and, and your world is crazy and, and you don't know this God that we're talking about. 
I want, I want you to know that, that you're in this craziness and, 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 and this chaos and this confusion and maybe the world is spinning. But in the midst of that, if you will spend your life grabbing hold of other things that are spinning too, you're going to spend your life spinning. But there's one thing in your life, there's one thing that remains the same, that is God himself. If you will grab a hold of Jesus Christ, you are now anchored to him. It's like this lighthouse on a rock in a stormy ocean. And if you'll grab a hold of him, he will take you by the hand. He will lead you. He will put your feet on solid ground. And he will give you purpose and he will give you direction and he will lead you. I want to encourage you, if that is you, come and pray with one of our leaders up here this morning. Tell them, let us pray with you. And you can give your sin to him and ask him to come in your life and ask him to be that solid for you. If he's pruning you, he's preparing you. What we do now in the midst of this is we hang on to him. And say, man, no matter what the storm is, I know who my God is. I know his plans for me. I know his promises for me. And they remain true from everlasting to everlasting to everlasting. His word never changes. And he's given it to you. I want to pray and then we want to open up these altars for you to receive prayer. Lord Jesus, we come before you. And God, we just thank you that in a world that is changing continuously, God, that in our lives, ourselves, as we change, in our bodies as we change, as our children change, as our circumstances change, as our lifestyles change, as crazy as it gets, God, we thank you, Father, that you remain the same, that your words are true, that your promises are true. And God, in the midst of the storminess and midst of the craziness, your hand is extended to us. And I pray, God, that whether we know you or not, God, if those who don't know you would just grab a hold of your hand, they would find you. And God, those who do know you, God, maybe temporarily like Peter, they've taken their eyes off of you and they focus on the craziness and the spinning and the storms and the waves, God. But I pray, Father, you'd help them lift their eyes to you and in you find peace and in you find assurance and in you find security and in you find comfort. God, we pray that you would take all anxiety away, Lord God. God, not you would take the circumstances away that caused it, but God, that we would find you in the midst of it and be delivered from it, God. That we may know you more. Let us know you more in our winter times, God. That we may live lives changed, transformed by your power in a deeper knowledge of you. That we may produce fruit for you like never before. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.